Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the hour of truth, with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blake. A very warm welcome to listeners of Aetherius Radio Live and to those of you who are new. This is brought to you on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio every third Tuesday of the month and do discover the cosmic message for this age revealed through legendary master of yoga and world-renowned medium Dr. George King between 1954 and 1997. Your hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze will be discussing a very serious situation facing us now. How to prevent World War III. So without further ado, I hand you over to Richard and Chrissy. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you very much, Nikki. Yeah, and welcome everyone to Theorist Radio Live. And nice to talk to you again, Chrissy. And you, Richard, on this important topic. Certainly is, and it's a it's a very dangerous topic. It's a very dangerous time, and of course, in the news, I think everyone, all Ethereum Radio Live listeners, will be very aware of the dangers facing our world right now. And a number of politicians are around the world, different countries, be it Russia, be it America, be it Britain, or wherever, are coming out blatantly stating we could be on the verge of World War Three. These kinds of words haven't been spoken for some decades, actually, in the way they are at the moment. And you've only got to look at Ukraine, Gaza, and other situations, and you can see it's very dangerous. But you know what I think, Chrissy? I think the most stressful feeling about this that anyone can have is a sense of helplessness, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, that's true. And I think because of that, many people just refuse to face what seems to be the truth about the nuclear war risk facing us. Indeed. I mean, I was talking to a chap I actually knew in my teens when I was 14, 15, around that time, well before I discovered the Ethereum Society. I was talking to him the other day on the phone. You know, we lead very different lives now. But he was in the situation where, you know, as so many people of our age are, uh, you know, he's focused on his children, his grandchildren. And he's extremely worried, stressed. And he's just an example, a typical example, I think, of someone who expressed how it's affecting him, but he doesn't think he can do anything at all about it. And I talked to him about that. I said, do you really not believe you can do anything? And are you absolutely not. And this is just a terrible feeling to be in. And he's worried for his children and his grandchildren. Many people say things like that in the future. And I said, well, are you worried about anybody else other than your children and your grandchildren? He quickly came and said, of course I am, yes. But that's what you hear a lot about. And although it's perfectly understandable, it's part of the problem. We don't see ourselves, I think, Chrissy, on this planet as one race. People that you know, as the cosmic master said, right from the earliest teachings, and Dr. King many times said in his lectures and talks, we're just as related to somebody in China, somebody in another part of the world that we've never met, never will meet, as we are to our own family and relatives. That's so true. That's so true indeed that people, so many people, especially here in America, they talk about how their family, which is obviously so important to all of us, 
but it's they feel it's the most important thing in their lives. And that's often stated. And, um, you know, there's so many other things which are equally as important and even more important, such as this fact that we're facing this World War Three. Indeed. So in this show, we want to give hope, but not hope based on, on escapism. And you do get that in the New Age movement based on fantasy. Uh, you get it in all kinds of movements, as a matter of fact. We want to give a hope based on firm foundations, things you can do. And Chrissy, you found a superb quote from the teachings. I think it was from 1962 about politicians. Could, could you please read that for us? Yes. Do not ever trust any politician, whether communist or democratic, to preserve peace for you. The prayers, the servers, the workers in the true light, these are the preservers of peace upon terror. They are now, they always have been, they always will be. You, the right-thinking people, are the preservers of peace. You are the people who manipulate karma in such a way that intervention can be allowed. It's amazing, isn't it, Chrissy? I mean, there you have the master Etherius putting it so simply in a kind of easy-to-understand manner, and yet in that statement, you have all the keys virtually we could hope for about what we can do and who can do it. And, you know, it's good to remember that back in 1962, I mean, you knew you and I were young children then, but it wasn't said. Things like that were not commonly said. People did not criticise politicians in the way they do now. People had a lot of respect and belief in their leaders, in their political leaders around the world. Uh, that's all but gone now. I mean, the, the, there are certain followings, of course, for certain individuals. But by and large, people's faith in the honesty, uh, the conviction, the promises of politicians are much thinner. And don't the master theorist's words really resonate now? Do not ever trust any politician whether communist, and of course at that time, Soviet Union was a communist state, and much more so, openly anyway, than it says it is now. And But not just communist, whether communist or democratic, to preserve peace for you. I think there's a big key in there. Absolutely. It gives us great hope that the cosmic masters have this faith in us, in ordinary people like us. And at the same time, it gives us a lot of responsibility. But in this show, we're going to tell people how they can help in very, very simple ways. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned just there some of the you mentioned family, actually. And I think it'd be good just before we get cracking with the keys we're going to suggest that people can do. And those keys we're going to offer are all based around the 12 blessings with other teachings as well uh, to complement them. But. I think it's good to get back to something that Mars Sector 6 said. And, of course, Mars Sector 6 had a way in the Nine Freedoms. And I think everyone who follows anything I do knows that's my favorite book, of putting things in a very concise manner, which says it all in just a few words. And this is one example, and it's taken from the fifth freedom. But it definitely applies to war. It can be certainly looked upon as, if you like, the very root of the problem that leads to war. And he says this. He's talking about humanity 
limiting ourselves. And he says, what is the result? And this is, this is now a quote. Racial prejudice, adherence and vain worship of some piece of multicolored cloth, possession, and family tie. He does not realize and cannot fully realize until after lives of service that no one is a nearer relative to him than his enemy. He does not realize that he's a cell in the body of the cosmic whole until he has gained the four freedoms. So he's got four things there. And let me just remind you what those four things are. Racial prejudice, adherence and vain worship of some piece of multicolored cloth. That's nationalism, of course. The flag is being referred to there. So racial prejudice, nationalism, possession and family tie. And I think that's a very carefully worded, not family, not saying you shouldn't honor your parents, or you shouldn't love your siblings that you grew up with, or spend time with family members, not saying that, but seeing it for what it really is, and removing family tie. And I think, Chrissy, in those four things, you can see the roots of the wars we've had on Earth, the terrestrial wars we've had on Earth. I'm going to just make the point there have been some wars, I think very few, that have been fought with karmic permission. Uh, and I'm thinking there of wars some of our listeners might know about, fought by the adepts in other realms. And possibly, for example, the battle in Naramayana described there, which I would take to be a, a war fought with karmic permission, but they're very, very rare, and certainly not the stuff of European uh, or even American history, or, or other parts of the world for that matter, uh, fought with karmic permission. And there you can see in those wars, it's not about killing, it's about transmuting. There's the big difference. The great ones will go into war to transmute, to raise, not to kill. And that's why they're fought. You've got family tie, which can lead to tribalism, of course, if it's extended enough, even to race. And then you get wars between tribes, between races. Racial prejudice. We're seeing that now. There's a lot of racial prejudice. There's anti-Semitism. It's not quite uh, racial prejudice per se, but Islamophobia is, if you like, religious prejudice. And you've had religious wars. We've had them not only with Christianity and Judaism and the Muslim faith. We've had it even with Buddhism, which is you'd think was un would be unthinkable. And we've had it with Hindu and, and Muslim wars. So that's another one. Nationalism, which is tied to the fourth one, which is possession. To actually believe you own. It's in the, so many wars are about material aggrandizement, aren't they? More land, possessing land. Who owns this stretch of land? And of course, in reality, none of us own anything. And that has to be remembered. It's not that we don't have the necessity uh, sometimes of ownership uh, because of the way humanity behaves. But in reality, ultimately, there won't be families. There won't be ownership. There'll be one family, which is the human race. Uh, there won't be nations, per se. There will be peoples who cooperate. And there certainly won't be racial prejudice. Your thoughts, Christy? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing, really. Well, it's not amazing when you think about the status of uh, the karmic Lord Mars, Sector 6, that he can pick out these, just a few words, the whole of the roots of war on this planet, because I really can't think of anything apart from this, really. 
I'm not like to think on a theorist radio live, we strip away some of the delusions. And I think in the last show we did a month ago, which uh, was, I would say a fairly advanced content, but in the essence of it, even something like reincarnation, which we do need at this state of our evolution, isn't where we're going to be. And in the future, at some point in time, there won't be reincarnation on Earth because it will no longer be needed. The realms of existence, the other ones, will not be used in the way that they are being used now. They'll still exist, but they won't be used as waiting places before your next birth. They'll be used as expressions of energy, expressions of mind, uh, expressions of soul. Uh, that's what they should be. And of course, going really forward into the future, we've been told uh, procreation won't be necessary for the continuance of the race. It will happen through, as it does on other planets, through the logos of the planet. Uh, birth will, if birth is needed, it will take place and there won't be children. As we know children, of course, children should be cared for, loved, looked after. But in our evolution, they're only there because of our lack of evolution, our involution that we need still to go through that stage uh, of progression every time we are reborn. That will change in the future. And it's it, if we know these things, we look at it in a different way. If, if we know that, in essence, nobody owns anything at all, we don't own even energy we don't own it's all sunlight it all comes from the sun and we're privileged to be part of it every ounce of matter of ether comes from or through the sun and life virtually is solidified sunlight and we share it now if we know that we can understand that yes okay at this point in time we have leaseholds we have freeholds we have the purchase of property of vehicles of what have you but it's not the lasting reality uh, which will finally come to our world and when we lose those illusions we'll see that war too is one of those illusions yes it seems like an awful lot for us to overcome on this planet but if we think about it if we can just raise consciousness then we can overcome these things much more easily absolutely which brings us i think chrissy to our keys doesn't it really that we want to offer people some keys that they can apply. And as I say, we've taken these from the 12 blessings. And a lot of our listeners are very, very familiar with the 12 blessings as a practice and as a teaching, but it's also as a way of life if we apply it to life. So let's take some of these, if we may, uh, Chrissy. And the first one we're going to take, and no one will be surprised at this who knows the 12 blessings, I don't think, is the first blessing, which is blessed are they who work for peace. So key number one is work. Yes. And I have a very nice extract from a transmission about this. So would you like me to read that, Richard? Yes, please, Chrissy. And this is from a fantastic transmission delivered on September the 27th, 1958, by both the Master of Theories and Mars Sector 6, entitled Appeal to the World's Citizens. And in this, the Master of Theories says, such is the precarious state of terror as a whole, that service is needed within the mass of humanity. And then the Master of Theorists explains why their appeal is being made to the ordinary, decent, right-thinking individual. And he says, these are the people who suffer by this chaos. In some countries, they suffer starvation and disease. In other countries, they suffer an ignorance, which has been specially planned 
the foulest move of all this. They suffer dictatorship in other countries. They are conditioned and have been throughout the centuries. It is the ordinary man who is at the sufferer when war comes. The ordinary man does not gain anything one way or the other. He is the loser in war and also the person conditioned in peace. It is for this reason that we are making our main approach to the ordinary individual because the lords of karma have stated beyond all doubt that it is this sufferer who will eventually break the bond which has bound him as a slave to dreadful orthodox conditioning for many lives. The revolution will be a mental one. It will be a renaissance. It will be a transmutation of basic thought into spiritual action. Note that, a transmutation of basic thought into spiritual action. That is what it will be. That is why our approach has been directed to you, who are the backbone of your earth. Wonderful, wonderful words again. And thank you for selecting that reading, Chrissy. A transmutation, that word again, transmute, of basic thought into spiritual action. I think, you know, that's where a lot of peace camp, not so much peace campaigners, as a matter of fact, but uh, believers in a pacifistic approach go wrong, that they don't transmute the basic thought into spiritual action. They basically just, some of them anyway, sit on their backsides, not the campaigners actually, which brings us to work, but they basically don't do anything much about it. It's a passive thing. They just don't engage in war. And that's not nearly enough. You've got to also be very active. And that's why the first key we're offering is work, doing things. And there are many, many things we can do to work for peace, be they diplomatic, be they spiritual, be they prayer. And we're going to talk more about that, of course, um, and be they various kinds of teaching. But it's not true pacifism is not an inactive thing. And I think that's a very important point. Yes, and I think people have the feeling, well, their lives are full and they can't devote their lives to working for peace. But I think our message in the society is just do what you can. And I know our master said, you know, even if you spend a few minutes praying for peace, it's obviously the more you can do, the better. But it doesn't have to be daunting. It doesn't have to stop you from doing anything. No, and I'd say this to our new listeners who may or may not believe in this. They may not think they really, they're not sure that prayer really works. They don't really know if it works. They don't know if it's real. I would say, try it. Join in with it. Try practicing it in the way that we teach, which is quite different from the way that some organizations teach it. And if you do, you will feel it. You will experience it. You'll see that it's a real thing. You'll see that it's real energy. I mean, if you're a healer, you'll discover that when you send healing to somebody who's not well, uh, it can have an effect. It, it's not guaranteed. It'll depend on their karma. But overall, you will have experiences as a healer that will show you over time that healing does work, that it's a real thing. Now, if it can work with an individual, and that's been, I mean, there are many cases, I think, Chrissy, there, there's quite a few university trials that have shown that prayer and healing of individuals works statistically over a period of time. If you then say, well, okay, if it can happen with an individual, it can happen with a mass, 
It can certainly happen with negotiators in peace conferences. Last year, we targeted some peace conferences about the terrible Israel-Gaza conflict with prayer energy uh, from a mission called Operation Prayer Power. And the result was the only week in this whole conflict where there has been a ceasefire and where there have been hostages exchanged and where there has been much more aid getting in. And it was directly linked to the timing of certain releases. Of course, prayer, you can't just throw prayer at a bad problem and hope it'll be sorted. You have to target openings, chinks of light. And this is something you can test. But I I wanted to also explain something that Dr. King said about his decision as a young man to be a conscientious objector because in the Second World War, because unlike a lot of people who were conscientious objectors and still are, it wasn't very conducive to him. It wasn't his nature. He was quite an expert in boxing, in shooting, in other martial arts of the time, Uh, not not so much Oriental ones, but uh, early English ones and so on, uh, such as the quarterstaff. And he specialised in things like that. That was his natural thing that he, he was interested in doing. I'll quote what he said in a lecture in 1959 about it. This is a quote now. A part of me wanted to join in the adventure. I was afraid of nothing in those days. Maybe it was because I hadn't the common sense to know what fear was. But a part of me said, thou shalt not kill. This is against the law. So I let that part win. I think that's very, those are very interesting words. I let that part win, that higher part. But what I want to go on and add to that is he didn't leave it there. He became extremely active during that war, not only uh, in the fire service, but in prayer, in other spiritual actions that he took. Yes, thank you for sharing that, Richard. That's wonderful. So that's key one. It's kind of an obvious one, you might say, and there are many ways of doing it, but it's working for peace, not just believing in peace or hoping for peace, but taking some form of action. And believe you me, if you contact the Ethereum Society, we can give you a whole program. You won't be short of action, that I could assure you, if you're willing to take it. But let's move on to our second key, which is an interesting one, I think. And it's taken this one from the second blessing, Uh, which is blessed are the wise ones. And this key is raising consciousness. Chrissy, do you want to say anything about raising consciousness? Well, it really is the key, isn't it, for everything? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when we raise consciousness, if we raise consciousness enough, it's impossible to have war, starvation, and all the things that we have on this planet that are bad, you know, it would be impossible to do. This is a, a vital one. And of course, every time people raise their hands in prayer, they are helping to raise the consciousness of the whole. Yes, and I want to be really practical here, and I want to mention a practice that some of you will know, some of you may not know. It is published. It's published in the Practices of Ethereus. It's published in Realize Your Inner Potential. It's something we used in our online services, uh, which are readily accessible through ethereus.org. It's called the Practice of the Presence. And the Practice of the Presence, I believe, in its purity, if we were able to do it completely, properly and fully, and we were advanced enough to do that, could take us all the way to cosmic consciousness. That's just my own belief. But in the meantime, though, it can certainly and it will certainly 
raise our consciousness. So please look that up. But for those of you who are already familiar with it, you'll know that at the very end of it, some golden radiance comes down through your whole being. So you're not just raising your consciousness to a high point. You're then imbuing your lower aspects with that. And from there, it will spread to others. So that's just one practice. There are many practices you can use to raise your consciousness, of course. Do you want to comment on that, Chrissy, at all? Well, I wondered if I might read another transmission extract. And that's from the same transmission as I read before, Appeal to World Citizens. And this is Mars Sector 6, who gave the science, through the science of satellite number three, he illustrated the importance of raising consciousness. And the higher our consciousness, the more spiritual energy can be absorbed and used. And of course, we can do this by living the laws as given by the wise ones, the great avatars, the great masters who come. So would you like me to read that extract, Richard? Yes, please do. Yes. This is Mars Sector 6, reporting from satellite number three, now in magnetization orbit, Terra. The average absorption factor at this time is six on basic level and 27 on spiritual. Such has been the intensification of our magnetic radiations during this present magnetization period that we are giving two readings in order to present you with a more complete picture than that which would be presented by one reading only. Earthmen, you can thank but a few of your number for this high magnetic absorption, especially in those higher frequencies, which you would call spiritual. May God, which is the divine source of all things, place its blessings upon these glorious few for their service to the many in these most hazardous of all times. Fascinating. And I, perhaps we should explain that a bit, Chrissy. what is meant by an absorption factor, just briefly. Yes, satellite number three is radiating its energies to everyone on Earth uh, who is performing some type of spiritual service or prayer or healing or positive actions for others. So yeah. it intensifies these actions by 3,000 times. And the amount of power that is sent out by satellite number three can be measured by how much of it is absorbed by the people on Earth. Yeah. And we will see from this that on the basic level, the physical level, level one, it's only six. Now, we don't really know what that means, but in comparison to the higher levels, what you call the spiritual levels, it's 27. So it's obvious that we need to do a lot more on this physical plane to absorb more and of this energy, to use more of this energy. I think it's a fascinating point. And I think it's the kind of science which will come in the new age and which is not fully understood. And you won't find too much in some ancient teachings. And I think it raises a point which I personally find extremely interesting, which is that it's much easier, I think, I don't think I'm sure of this, on higher levels, what people will call the etheric levels or the other realms, phrases like that, and the higher you go, phrase used in this transmission is higher frequencies, um, it's much easier for them to think spiritual thoughts than it is for someone on this physical level, because all around them, our spiritual thoughts. I had a very close friend who recently passed on. And after his passing, 
Uh, and I actually performed the, the funeral service for him. And I, he was actually, I was actually the best man at his wedding. I was very close to him. Many will know who I'm talking about, or some will. But that's not the point. I did get one message for him, from him, sorry, after he'd passed on. And in it, he made the point that up here, very early on he discovered this, it's so much easier to do the things that we do in the Ethereum society he was referring to, to think the things that we think in the Ethereum society, because there's no resistance to it here. Even people who aren't necessarily engaged in the same practices and actions don't object to it. They don't ridicule it. They don't doubt it. They actually welcome it. And that's where whatever level he is on, that's what he's all, he'd already discovered. I think it's a very interesting point to come here, to reincarnate and come to the physical realm, as everybody has to do until they ascend. We all have to come back to this realm and we have to ascend from this realm, uh, by the way. I, that's much more difficult. And I think those of us who've campaigned, as I, for example, have for decades, and Chrissy has and others have too, for the truth, sometimes through a skeptical media sometimes through laughter and ridicule and even booze. I remember that too, especially in the 70s and 80s in certain meeting halls around the UK. You know, that's a much, much more difficult task to remain attuned. And that's why it's very important to go within. There's one thing I would say, though, and this is just a little point I would like to make from my own uh, fairly recent experience. People talk about happiness and most people, they want happiness. That's their goal. That's what they want for their children. That's what they believe in, however you find it. But actually, happiness, of course, is is something we all welcome. But it's not the ultimate goal. In the second blessing, the Master Jesus points out, you have to find peace and then leave it and give it to others. This is going to bring the end of war. And, And this brings something else, because I'd like to say, that what one, why we're going is towards knowing, not knowledge, which is something that can be taught and passed on. That's a different thing. But a state of knowing in the sense of Dr. King's personal motto, taken from the teachings of the cosmic masters, choose well, stand fast, know God. And that state of knowing is kind of a bliss, although it's not a sensation, beyond all other pleasures, beyond even joy, never mind happiness, and it's permanent, and it's real, and that's what the wise ones know, and that's what the wise ones leave, and that's why, just by doing that, they're altering the consciousness of this level, this basic level, to some degree, just as they walk down a road, or sit in a forest, or hopefully get engaged in working for peace among humanity, whichever, whatever it is, all the while, the consciousness of the world is being changed. We have so much gratitude to offer to these ones, that's for sure. Certainly do. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. That was a great and, quote you found there, Chrissy. Yes, and of course, by offering our love to them and by radiating love comes on to the next key, I think, Richard. It does, and I think that'll be a great one to start on after the uh, announcements, the halftime announcements, that Nikki is absolutely dying to give, not dying, living to give us all. So let's go over to our producer, Nikki. 
Well, thank you so much, so much, Richard and Chrissy, for letting us all know how we can contribute to bring about peace in our world. You're listening to Aetherius Radio Live with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze discussing how to prevent World War Three. Now, we've got our upcoming, and please do join Chrissy Blaze on Saturday, March the 23rd, when she will be conducting a wonderful class entitled Earth Goddess, Reconnecting with Her Sacred Power. Wow, what a title. And this will take place at the Eastern USA branch premises in Royal Oak, Michigan, starting at 2 p.m. So to sign up for this, please see details on thetheorist.org or just turn up at the time and you will be warmly welcomed. Do join us on March 19th for another exciting Aetherius Radio Live show when more intriguing and fascinating subjects will be discussed during this Hour of Truth. So that's it for now, and I'm very pleased to hand you back to Richard and Chrissy. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you very much, Nikki. You know, we are talking here about the 12 blessings, but for some of our newer listeners, they may not know what they are or what we're even referring to. So the 12 blessings is a set of teachings delivered by the Master Jesus. The Master Jesus, not the one and only Son of God. He wasn't that. That's a mistake. But he was a great cosmic intelligence who came to Earth. You know, the star of Bethlehem was no star, uh, obviously. Stars don't hover over stables or anywhere else. But he was a great being and he came to earth on a very difficult mission. And and I think, and this these 12 blessings were delivered in 1958 through the mediumship of Dr. George King, who was in somatic trance. But I think, Chrissy, it's kind of relevant too when one mentions Jesus, because here was an intelligence who was beyond all the things we said earlier about racial prejudice, family tie, possession, multicolored piece of cloth. He wasn't even tied to his own planetary race. He wasn't even just devoted to his own people from his own planet. He was devoted to people from an alien planet. uh, And he came among us. And not only did he come among us, he allowed, and that is the word, allowed us to kill him. He arranged that we would, or that he would be killed, actually, because he wanted to manipulate karma. Now, that's a kind of a true expression of love that we don't see, and the same applies to other avatars. And it's it's a kind of, well, it leads very well, I think, into our third key, Chrissy, which is, as you rightly say, radiating love. Absolutely. And I just want to say, Richard, in 1962, our master quoted an eminent psychiatrist, and I think this is relevant, because he said, most people refuse to face the truth about nuclear war, mm-hmm. because the facts are so terrible that they are psychologically unacceptable. A man is well endowed with age-old mechanisms for putting aside that which he doesn't want to accept. And this is true, this is me, but one way to simply combat this type of fear is through the radiation of love, through spiritual activity. And one of the simplest and most potent ways is through what we call world healing, the radiating of love for the entire world through prayer. 
Yes, and I, I'm glad you... That's a brilliant quote, isn't it? Because, you know, you can extrapolate from that so many, many, many things, including why people don't accept the existence of aliens, of UFOs, of oh, yeah. all kinds of things that established, as Dr. King so brilliantly puts it, age-old mechanisms for putting aside that which he doesn't wish to accept. Things from our own lives that we block out, memories that we block out, past life memories that we've completely blocked out and don't even in many cases believe in. So that's a, a very, that must be a very eminent psychiatrist who, who came up with that realization. And I'm sure it's true. But Chrissy, I'm glad you, you brought us to prayer because as the author of Power Prayer with your husband, Gary, I think we need to tell our, our listeners just what they can actually tangibly do to radiate love energy to the world and how thank you richard to the author of prayer energy with richard lawrence <laughs> and mark bennett <laughs> thank you so when we hear of a terrible situation on earth and one that's hard to face as we so often do we can allow it to during prayer i think instead of not wanting to face it just kind of allow it to to move us and by doing so i found one can transmute the fear and the hopelessness we may feel. And I think many of us do feel that. So it's like a way to break through that. And one powerful prayer of world healing we can use is the prayer after the third blessing. Blessed are they who love, which is the key we're talking about right now. So I wondered if uh, we could do this together, uh, if you wish to, because even this one prayer will help in some degree to prevent war. And the more people do it, the more powerful will be the results. So please join me, if you wish, by raising your hands, palms facing outwards to about shoulder height, and then offer this prayer with all your feeling for those who are suffering. If you know the prayer, please join in with me. And if you don't, just visualize a brilliant white light flowing out from your heart and the palms of your hands, this energy of love, this transmuting power. And as I say this prayer, just join with me mentally or out loud. Blessed are they who love, for they are the disciples of God. Almighty God, who is the creator of all things, we pray that your light may shine through us all so that we may transmit this unto the world. And now just feel, allow the energy to keep flowing through you for a few moments. And you can also, if you wish to, use a heartfelt prayer of your own or join in an online service at the 12blessings.org, 12blessings.org, where we have almost daily services of these 12 blessings. And in this way, even though it may only take you 10 or 15 minutes or even a few minutes, you can know that you are helping to help to bring peace to our world. So true. Thank you so much, Chrissy, for that. And please don't underestimate, because people do underestimate what they can do in the spiritual field. I've met very good healers who really don't believe they can make any difference when it comes to world situations. And of course we can. The difference is we won't really know what difference we are making in the way you will if it's a one-on-one -on -one healing with a particular patient. But you can target, and I mentioned an example last year, 
and we're looking to do it again, uh, if the opening arises, there has to be a, a, a somewhere to send it. But of course, everyone can send out healing and love for peace, for aid, for healing the people in, in whether they be in the Ukraine or whether they be in Gaza or whether they be somewhere else. And something else happens too. And it brings us back to that reading that you started with, Chrissy, uh, where Martha Theus talks about the workers in true light, the prayers, the servers are the preservers of peace upon earth. You are the people, he says, who manipulate karma in such a way that intervention can be allowed. This is one of our big problems. Divine intervention is coming to an end. It's running out. And it's running out because people aren't acting spiritually. And this is something politicians, I would say, I don't want to be totally dogmatic and say all politicians, but certainly all the ones I know of, are not factoring in to their efforts. The opening for divine intervention, cosmic intelligences uh, really taking part, which actually leads us very neatly to our next key. Chrissy, unless there's something else you first would like to add about radiating love. Well, no, I, I think you make such an important point about intervention. And I was going to read that extract that you referred to. Oh, yes, please do. Um, which also leads to the next key is really is part of the next key as well. Um, this one was from the same transmission as earlier. Watch this year by the Master of Theories, December the 22nd, 1962. And he refers to the importance of this during the Cuban Missile Crisis, which took place two months before the transmission. This was a direct confrontation between the US and the Soviet Union with a real threat of nuclear war. In schools, American children were taught to dive under their desk if there was a nuclear attack. And um, in this transmission by the Master of Theories, he said, you have been told that divine interventions such as this can only be allowed within the very strict governing law of karma. The action of the three adepts to nullify the Cuban crisis was allowed because many spiritually minded people from all over terror released great power and love through both prayer and practical service to others. Now I call upon you of pure heart to release as much power through prayer and through service to others, through the right teachings in every way, so that a great reserve of this energy may be built up around your earth. Incredible, isn't it? And new thoughts. And I think we must explain who, just very, very briefly, who the three adepts we're talking about there for new listeners. And the three adepts are three cosmic intelligences who were on Earth at that time. There's a lot of information about them. We've done other Ethereus radio live shows just about them. Um, they had a particular key, though, and Dr. King explained this, the thing that motivated them, and they put it in a few words, and I, this is from memory, but I think these are the words, love of God through realization. So in the same way as the Master Jesus and other avatars, they were avatars, they were on Earth, they came here because of their love of God through realization, which means they love all life in the cosmos, the cosmic whole. Uh, and they were aware of that. And they came here and they fought wars, actually, upon Earth, which uh, in other realms, lower realms, of course, uh, for which they had karmic permission to fight. But this, I think, Chrissy, refers to the uh, energy that was channeled through them in what were called special power manipulations that were taking place during this 
very dangerous crisis. People then were talking about a World War Three coming. And because of their intervention, now, the key point here is that their intervention was enabled to some degree. I mean, they were here on Earth in physical bodies at that time. So that was a massive intervention itself. But the efforts of ordinary people who weren't capable of radiating the kind of quantity of energy that they were, these adepts were, nevertheless were manipulating karma through their efforts. I mean, that's all that is expected of us to manipulate karma by making maximum effort. And so far we've done the three keys, through work, through raising consciousness, and through radiating love. And I think, Christy, unless you want to add anything, that brings us to our fourth key, which we've called cooperating with the gods from space. Absolutely. Let's continue with that one, shall we? Yes. Um, now, with the gods from space, you know, they they are very advanced teachers, very advanced masters from other worlds. Um, they are capable of something which is really, really hard, actually, coming back to the third blessing, which we were basing the last one on. That, you know, there's a few things said about they who love, which these kind of beings manifested uh, they love not any man because they love all. I mean, that's a very, very demanding thing, which doesn't mean you don't have friends. It doesn't mean there aren't people you particularly care for, but it means you are not limited in any way, that you have a universal love for all life. And therefore, it's a non-possessive. There is no ownership. There is no ego identification with someone because you happen to think you've created them through birth. You haven't. You may have helped them. You have helped them by providing a way for them to grow up and, and, and you might have been a wonderful carer for them and helper for them, an educator for them, but that soul already existed and would have been reborn through another channel if it hadn't been you. And so this very impersonal approach which is a, a loving approach, a caring approach, is totally demonstrated by the gods from space who either come and live among us, which is sacrificing their own peace, their own bliss, and all this is spelt out in the fourth blessing, or by their interventions through various manipulations. And Chrissy, I think you want to go into that a bit, don't you, in, in the appeal to world citizens? Yes, thank you, Richard. Yes, here the Master of Theories refers to the silence group, the dark forces who stir up strife and war on this planet. And he explains what we can do to change this. Know that there are not two ways open to you. There is but one way. That is to get back to the laws given to you by numerous different teachers through the ages. Teachers who have sacrificed heavenly bliss, as you would call it, on your behalf. Will you, professing Christians, prove beyond all shadow of all doubt that the Master Jesus died in vain? Will you, professing Buddhists, prove beyond all shadow of all doubt that you fling mud into the eyes of one at whose feet you used to sit? You would say no, and yet your very actions prove you do this. By these actions, you play directly into the dark hands of the few schemers who would like to light the torch of war upon the surface of your planet now, because that would bring them great accumulation of wealth, 
it would give to them great power. So here is given the advice to get back to the laws given to us by these great gods from space. Absolutely. And of course, these gods from space, they follow the law completely. They follow it perfectly. Comes back to when Dr. King was on Earth. And I'm going to say, and I invite people to investigate him, that there is a biography of him that you can check out, Dr. George King. Uh, he was an avatar. And I was very privileged, as Chrissy was, to know him. And I personally work with him every day, uh, I, whether I was in the same country or not, for 20 years or more. He was a truly amazing avatar. But the one thing he did was live by the law. And it was he who made that decision not to enter the war because he knew it was against the law. And it's amazing, I find, that you have Christian countries, given the teachings of Christianity, who go to war on the basis. You had, obviously, the Crusades are a classic example of it. It's not the only religion, but it's one of them. Uh, Buddhists now we hear about who are fighting wars. I mean, that goes against the very essence of the path that was given to Buddhists by the Lord Buddha. And, and you could go across the board with things like this. It's extremely rare for an avatar to engage in any kind of combat at all, uh, a terrestrial combat or fighting. Sometimes it, there might be a defensive action, but it's very rare and only with karmic permission. So I mentioned earlier, if you go some of the early Hindu texts, uh, and I know the Ramayana reasonably, also the Mahabharata, the Bhagavad Gita, we have a count of Sri Krishna, not exactly engaging in war himself, interestingly, when he gave advice to Arjuna, but advising it, there would be a karmic permission and a reason and a teaching behind that. And it would be done within the confines of the law. And that's the big difference, I think, Chrissy. Yes, indeed. And also, um, Richard, I wonder if I could point out that as well as cooperating in a way by going back to the teachings with these great cosmic avatars, we in the Ethereum Society uh, more directly cooperate with these gods from space through the cosmic missions that are being performed for world healing. And these include the Saturn mission, Operation Space Power, Operation Sunbeam, Operation Prayer Power, which is a mission everyone can join if they believe in the power of prayer. Well, you mentioned prayer power there. That's the example I gave. It's certainly not the only one from last year during this dreadful conflict in, in the Gaza situation uh, where we did intervene. It wasn't just that we sent prayer energy, that we were able to do so in direct cooperation with the gods from space, the cosmic masters, if you wish to call them that. doesn't mean they're all male any more than they're female or indeed an, any other uh, gender or sex, whatever you want to call it. But uh, because there is another, if they're advanced enough, which is neither male nor female. But they, these intelligences were able to pick the time, manipulate the energy, but only because we had taken certain actions first. What they can't do is come down here and what they won't do because it's against the law of karma is come down here and alter everything, change everything, save us, which is somehow what people expect. And people expect it from God. They say, oh, God, can you do this, please? Can you do that, please? Not what can I do in this great aphorisms of the master. You know, it, miracles are not performed by God for man, but by man for God. 
It's a very different, empowering way of looking at it. And I actually think, Chrissy, and I've looked into some other organizations that claim contact with extraterrestrials, and some of them claimed it some time ago, but there is literally nobody who has anything to compare that I've ever encountered, even in their claims, and I certainly don't believe, I'm going to say most of those claims, but I'm not ruling it out. I wouldn't expect anyone to rule us in or out either without investigating us. But there is nobody else who is putting forward a program of cooperation with the gods from space, that bringing about direct intervention by these cosmic intelligences who are far more interested in cooperating with prayer efforts or spiritual energy releases than they are with proving to the Pentagon that they exist, unless that be within the law for them to give that proof. Uh, those intelligences, this is a unique thing about the Ethereum society. So you might call this a plug. You might well say I'm biased. I'm secretary in Europe and so forth and have been for decades. But that's why I'm here, because we have a proactive, direct program of cooperating with intelligences from other worlds to bring about world peace. That's such a brilliant point, Richard. It's so very true. And the more we do, the more we reach out to the cosmic masters in the ways you've mentioned, the more they can do for us. And so it, it's just obvious, I think. Absolutely. Now, we're kind of running down on time and yes. far be it from us to uh, interrupt Nikki's final announcements. But what I will say is there's one more key we'll offer, which is helping Mother Earth, yeah. uh, which I'd but you're giving a presentation on this quite soon, aren't you, or related to this. So perhaps you could just say in, in the one or two minutes remaining to us before we hand over to our producer, something about helping Mother Earth. Yes. I'd just like to read this short transmission extract entitled The Next War, delivered in 1957 by Mars Sector 6. It's a statement, a very emergency statement made by Mars Sector 6. Even the very lords of Saturn look sadly upon you, O men of terror. Sadly, because they know that you could rise above such vandalism. Sadly, because they know that you will do much to damage your Earth and to all life upon Earth if you allow, by your wrong thoughts and actions, this terrible thing to come, that is, the next war. So it directly affects the Mother Earth. And this is something most people don't even think about. That's so true, Chrissy. That is so true. And, you know, in the seventh blessing, which is the, another blessing, of course, given by the Master Jesus, we are told that we can actually help the Mother Earth. And, of course, all these things that go on, these wars, they affect us. They affect humanity. And we should care about that. And we've said we should care about all humanity, whether they're related to us, not related to us, wherever they live, whatever race, whatever nationality. But even more important than that, and something demonstrated with every breath by Dr. King, I would say, was love for the Mother Earth, care for the Mother Earth, not as a, an abode for us, but as a living intelligence in her own right. And there are things we can do. We can radiate energy to her. We can spread this great truth that she is a living being. And in some tiny way, that will help her. And boy, does she deserve that because she has sacrificed her own evolution for us. So just to recap, yes, we can help, we can prevent 
World War Three. And there are five keys we're offering you on this Ethereum Radio Live show today. Number one, work for peace. Number two, raise consciousness. Number three, radiate love. Number four, cooperate with the gods from space. And number five, help the Mother Earth. So in closing, I want to refer back to the quote which Chrissy read at the top of the show, delivered by the Master Ethereus on December the 22nd, 1962. And when the word terror is mentioned, it's T-E-R-R-A, which is the Latin word, of course, for the goddess, the Mother Earth. Do not ever trust any politician, whether communist or democratic, to preserve peace for you. The prayers, the servers, the workers in the true light, these are the preservers of peace upon terror. They are now, they always have been, they always will be. You, the right-thinking people, are the preservers of peace. You are the people who manipulate karma in such a way that intervention can be allowed. And those are my closing words, Chrissy. Do you have any before we hand over to Nikki? Never underestimate your own divine power. Because let's face it, we shouldn't put all our hope in the hands of a few thousand politicians on this planet. There are 8 billion people who have this power within them to radiate this power. So we can, I believe we can prevent war. I believe we will prevent war and we will bring great change to this planet if we can work together in these ways. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. And over to you, Nikki. Well, once again, uh, a fantastic show. Thank you, Richard and Chrissy, for a truly insightful show and have given us all so much, not only to think about, but also to actively contribute towards bringing world peace. Thank you both. Please join us on March 19th for another exciting Aetherius Radio Live show when more intriguing subjects will be discussed during this hour of truth. If you would like to find out more about the facts or publications mentioned in the show, the details are on our website. You can connect with your hosts, Richard, through his website, richardlawrence.co.uk, and Chrissy through her website, chrissyblaze.com. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And we thank you for listening and we look forward to your company next month.